listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. to you from deep in the heart of red carpet country where i'm hoping that the plumbing noises will not be too much of a distraction i am one of your hosts and my name is tim kilkenny and from the northwest expressway i'm andrew hoffman <laughs> northwest expressway in yeah. the northwest no not so much <laughs> i am in the northwest but now the northwest of oklahoma city and not the actual U.S. Northwest. After some uh, interesting, I don't know, like kind of random conversations in September, we find ourselves three months later both in Oklahoma City. Yeah. In the Oklahoma, Oklahoma area anyway, Oklahoma City area. That's, we did it just because people thought we wouldn't actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but... No. Uh, Anyway, it's been uh, it's been quite interesting, quite the uh, the change. I'll tell you, for somebody with ADD and uh, who, who likes his routine or like some sort of a routine, this has been brutal. Mm. <laughs> and then you top that off with the uh, fact that the living situation we're in currently may not be the permanent living situation, and it becomes quite hard to kind of get my bearings. So the idea of doing a podcast just didn't seem. I don't know. It just seemed like a really t- tough idea to do. And then uh, you kind of urged me. And then we started getting notes, too. I got two messages through Twitter, two or three, and then even one from, like, No Agenda Social or something like this. And people were just like, you're coming back, right? And I would love to fault <laughs> I would love to fault the, the, the people that messaged me. I'd be like, you know, guy, a guy moves his whole family 2,000 miles and doesn't have time to to do a podcast you think that you can cut them a little slack but uh given our previous record of not doing a podcast for yeah uh, i don't blame people and then sometimes a year at a time i don't blame them at all so yeah we we did warn people though yeah we sure did we didn't know when the next episode would actually happen and and uh anyway i took a long long uh the long way here by way of yellowstone and some some cool uh northern Mm-hmm. site viewing opportunities and uh, you took a, a more straight through approach and uh, uh, that's about it. We're both here. I got here right before Thanksgiving and you just got here how long now? Uh, less than a week. Wow. wow. I guess six days ago. So, yeah. well, Congrats on the closing on your new house and uh, getting all situated over there. Yeah, we're, we're you know, there's some supply chain issues going on uh no no couch in the living room still Mm. so Mm. we we went and uh you know didn't go the classifieds route with the couch because i would have had to have you come over and help move something else and thanks for helping me with some other stuff but no uh, worries but we uh so we go into this giant furniture store and they say if you want something right away, we've got two couches. 
And the first one, we're like, wow, we like it. Like, let's do it. Done deal. And then, okay, we'll deliver it in two days. You know, do all the paperwork done. And then we get a call from them, like, the more or less, you know, 45 minutes after we're out the door. And it's like, oh, by the way, we said two days. It actually sold at a different store right before you guys ordered it. So it'll be two weeks. Is that okay? And it's like, well, it's either two weeks or six weeks, most places. <laughs> so we, we're we still couchless, but we're doing – we're making progress. we got kids' rooms with beds. Uh, still waiting on our bed, but yeah, we'll – making progress here and the drive. I mean, I was worried about ice and snow and driving through mountain passes in December and it was, you know, 60 degrees in Denver when we went through there and 70 degrees here in Oklahoma when we, when we got here. So I couldn't have asked for, for better driving conditions. Absolutely. Yeah. We had, ours was not as warm, but uh, yeah, we had great weather. Didn't, didn't snow on us. Didn't, you know, it was pretty good. Yeah. So if if you're out there and you were praying for that, uh, thank you for that. Appreciate that for sure. The the record warmth in the Western United States, um, you know, those two things lined up pretty well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, how does it feel to be here? Feels different for sure. (laughs) It's a it's a culture change that I was well aware of, but uh, you know. Curious how you're faring over there. We're really liking it. Um, It's kind of tough to explain because there's some of the same propaganda out there. You know, you're driving through Wyoming and it's like, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, like billboard after billboard there. But, you know, once you hit eastern Oregon, people have moved on for the most part. Yeah. You know, and. That was, you know, leaving the Columbia Gorge and the, the just the edges of the Portland area is the last time where I really felt like, oh, I got to gear up to go into this place and someone, it might be a confrontation because I'm not wearing a mask. Like, no, there's like zero risk of it. Even the places that have signs, it's like no one's paying attention. So nice to be back in America in a at least temporarily free country. Yeah. 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 I, I would agree. I mean, it was, it was weird for us too. As soon as we got out of Washington state, like we got to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and went into a restaurant and, you know, it was mask free and they were, you know, all just kind of joking around about the, the silly Washingtonians over there. And, <laughs> you know, there's tons of people I think who live in Spokane and the Western part of the, or excuse me, Eastern part of the state who just, you know, they just pop over to Idaho to do all their, their shopping and stuff maskless and then right back over to Washington for, for where they live. So yeah. it was a uh, very interesting, uh, but, it, and then, you know, since we left our little corner of Western Washington, it, it's been pretty, pretty chill. And, uh, we had a chance to see a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, one of the <clears throat> main differences that we're experiencing is just, especially because of the route we took, um, and then kind of where we are versus where you guys are in the Oklahoma City area. It's, we're noticing just a huge difference in city life via versus country mm-hmm. life. And we're not, we're kind of out here in the country. We're not close to anybody. So it's, it's interesting for sure. It's been, uh, it's been an adjustment, but uh, we're, 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 we're trucking on through trying to get everything set up and 
get ready for Christmas because we'll be here for Christmas for sure. So anyway, uh, luckily, the whole world took three weeks off and there was no <laughs> interesting news uh, while yeah, we were it, gone. Yeah, it's a combination of, you know, being busy with moving and then just kind of lack of media and the more relaxed real life atmosphere. It's, and I'm not as up on the news as, as I usually am. Uh, but what do you know? The, the pandemic still moves on. So I don't know if you want to, if you got anything else to talk about or you want to. Well, there's been so much back into that or what do you, what do you want to talk about? There's been so much. It's hard to even kind of describe, but we also have this whole thing, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation and then the subsequent ramming through people at, at a parade mm. afterwards. Oh. Uh, there's, you know, you know the, then there's the kind of the, there is a lot of progress. It feels like on the vaccine front, as far as mandates getting shot down, which is nice, but some businesses still kind of pushing, pushing for all that. So we can, we can start off with uh, just a, a short snippet. And this is, uh, from BioNTech back in 2019, just someone clipped out their annual report where they say no mRNA immunotherapy has been approved and none may ever be approved. mRNA drug development has substantial clinical development and regulatory risks due to the novel and unprecedented nature of this new category of therapeutics. In addition, even if we successfully advance one of our product candidates into and through clinical trials, such trials will likely only include a limited number of subjects and limited duration of exposure to our product candidates. As a result, we cannot be assured that adverse effects of our product candidates will not be uncovered when a significantly larger number of patients are exposed to the product candidate. Further, any clinical trials may not be sufficient to determine the effect and safety consequences of taking our product candidates over a multi-year period. And that's from the same BioNTech that's part of the BioNTech slash Pfizer vaccine. So hmm. what what changed since 2019? And we've we've talked about it before. You know, you had this technology that didn't work. Uh, it was too toxic if you put in, you know, many nanoparticles and mRNA and all that stuff at all. And if you didn't put much at all in, then it, it didn't do anything. So here we are, <laughs> uh, billions of doses in, although that's a, that's a different story, but uh, to what supposedly is this mRNA vaccine and the, the part of the story that's missing is the part where they figured out how to not make it uh, toxic. Yeah. yeah. RFK Jr. put out his book, The Real Dr. Oh, Fauci, yes. while we were gone. I think that's a huge uh, thing of note. Everybody go out and get that, whether you get it from your local bookstore or wherever. But uh, mm -hmm. it's The Real Dr. Fauci. Yeah, it's, I've heard him interviewed on it. Uh, I definitely want to read that book. Yeah, I've, I have been making some progress on the, the reading list. So read um, The Moth and the Iron Lung, which is very good. Oh, good. And am working on Growing Food God's Way. Which oh, is 
Very good. This is from our our friend Terry there in Oregon, and this is what what he does. He he gave me an apple from his orchard grown this way, and it was you know the best apple I'd ever tasted. So <laughs> wood, wood chips. That's, wood chips are the key. The secret, yeah. Wood chip and no like tilling of the soil. You just just cover it with wood chips and grow away. Really? So don't till the soil and, and, and put the put the seeds in it? Right. Just cover it with wood chips. Yep. Hmm. That's the way I'm only a little ways into the book though, so there could be more. Okay. Fair enough. But that's my takeaway so far is Everybody's been doing it all all wrong. Just use wood chips and stuff will grow. There you go. The Real Anthony Fauci, that's the name of the book. And of course, uh, James Corbett interviewed him, which was a really good interview. Oh, yes, that's, what, that's the interview I saw, which was excellent. And um, yeah, you, you could tell from what RFK Jr. said that he actually like knows Corbett. He actually knew who he was. Like his, yeah. his work and yeah. Yeah. It, it okay. wasn't like a, Oh, thanks for having me on. Like I hear you have a podcast. Right. <laughs> type right, deal. right. It's like, yeah, yeah. like he, he was, he was either in depth read in by someone who's close to him. Who's paying attention or he himself has been paying attention to the Corbett report. So that was pretty cool. It was as much kind of like, weird infighting stuff this happens in the little niche alternative media space it's good to see people working together so yeah i think james is a good unifier of many of those sources well uh, i see you have a variation on batch toxicity update it's a six minute clip you want to play that no i wasn't really planning on playing it so that that is the title of the and somehow still up on youtube i'm a little surprised at that but uh this refers back to what I think we talked about maybe in our last or second to last podcast where yep. um, just the idea that some ba- some batches are responsible for a vast, you know, very high percentage of the adverse events that have been reported. And it's interesting because they, even though it's from the same batch, that batch gets spread out geographically all over the place. Yep. And this goes back, uh, I think, more than a decade. And what happened was there was this cluster of, um, you know, sudden infant death syndrome, but it killed like 12 babies in in one city where this, um, I forget if it was the DTaP or what, what sure. vaccine they were given sure. out. Uh, and so the the takeaway from that was or no i think it was the hepatitis b vaccine you know give 12 hours 12 hours after the baby's born because uh, they're really at risk of hepatitis there and so the le- the takeaway that the drug company learned from that is you spread the batch all over the place so right. that's not like let's figure out what went wrong so we don't kill more children uh, let's spread it out to make it impossible to trace adverse events to a particular, you know, we'll just make it seem like it 
if it's spread out enough, they'll, they'll never know. And that's the approach that's taken here. And, you know, we've, we've talked about like, what is the percentage of, I guess, placebo doses or just saline doses versus the, the real stuff. And there's, you know, a few different reasons for that. Obviously you can't kill everyone at once or people might start paying attention. And then also uh, an aspect that we haven't looked much into is people started doing the math on, on how would you produce as many doses as they're claiming have been given out. Okay. Like it's, it's not a simple process. Like how do you get that much MRNA and that it's a, you know, a fairly complex manufacturing process. And so the people that have looked at it are like, there's no way. There's no way that all those doses are are actually what they say they are. And so that's from a different angle, um, you know, an, another reason why they might be doing it besides hiding the, the adverse events. So if you if you watch this video variation and batch toxicity update. Um, Good morning. Interesting. Interesting. So you OK. Uh, if you don't mind, I, I'm going to jump in. Um, yeah. The video you have on YouTube, which, by the way, is still on YouTube, is a great video. It's actually one of two videos I have that I wanted to talk about uh, from my notes as well. But one of the the other one done by the same person is he goes a little bit more in depth on what he discovered via okay. his, his scatter like plot. Well, unfortunately, it's too in-depth. It's about 30 minutes long, 27, mm. so it's too long for us to play. But what he came up with was kind of fascinating. I'll at least read the rumble description of it here. Craig okay. has made a scatter plot with the time on the x-axis number of side effects from VARES on the y-axis. The rolling time corresponds well to the batches used. The analysis shows that about 80% of the batches have at most one or two negative side effects per batch. About 19.5% of the batches have side effects well above the background value. And about half a percent of the batches, 1 in 200, are extremely toxic, with side effects 1,000 to 5,000 times higher than the background value. When looking at the supplier of batches, the majority of the serious side effects in the first months of the vaccination campaign can be attributed to Moderna. This is what's wild about this uh, thing that he plotted out, is it's almost collusion. As in, the bad batches will be given during this time frame by this company. Then they'll be go. Then it'll switch to this company, and then at the end to wrap it up, it's all Pfizer. So it was. It starts with a very small Janssen bad batch, then Moderna through a majority of the rollout, then back to Janssen, and then all Pfizer lately. Uh, when looking at the supplier batch, the majority. The exception is a clear peak of Janssen preceding and following Moderna. The last few months have been dominated by side effects of Pfizer. It is as if every company has bought the exclusive right to cause the most serious side effects in a certain period of time. It seems that Pfizer has been running a series of rigorous dosing tests lately on human guinea pigs in which they have linearly uh, decreased the dose of some toxic ingredient. It's like they are very scientifically testing the lethal, lethal dose. They have altered the toxic batches over time with relative harmless batches, and the clusters are not only sharply delineated in time, but also in toxicity. What 
this person clearly shows that the vaccine batches have a crucial link to the side effects. So it is considerably more than just an individual who happens to be extra sensitive to vaccination or accidentally injecting it into the bloodstream, as Dr. Campbell has pointed out. It's also unlikely that a production error occurred in a single batch by accident. So. Yeah, and if you multiply the numbers that he charts out by the, you know, 40 to 50 or some people say 100 underreported ratio. So you you got to take all these right. numbers and multiply them by right. the amount that they're being underreported. It is, I mean, it's crazy. Um, and it, I wonder if the, like, one adverse event, which is probably more like 40 or 50 adverse events per batch, if that's kind of the baseline that you get just with sailing, just the act of injecting something into someone's arm, if they do it wrong, if, you know, someone's just allergic to, to whatever, um, you know, we've got all these kind of amateur injectors injecting this thing all over the place. Right. So <clears throat> it's a, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no such thing as a, safe vaccine but there's certainly uh you're looking at this there's no evidence that there's any version of this that's a safe and b effective let's try the first minute or so of this one and then we can okay. kind of stop it if we need to yep in this video i'm going to be looking at the pattern of deployment of toxic batches <clears throat> the covid vaccine was deployed in batches or lots, and each lot has a number. The batches are listed in the VAERS database in the order in which they were created. And the VAERS database also records the adverse reactions for each batch. Consequently, um, it was possible to make a graph plotting the adverse reactions along the vertical axis and the sequence of batches in time or order along the x-axis. In this way, I was able to see the patterns of deployment of the toxic batches over time. I was also able to see. It's incredibly dry. <laughs> it's kind of hard. <laughs> you kind of need to see it too. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know. Okay. I'm all about the audio podcast format, but in this sure. case, you kind of need to see that line of numbers where it's like, okay, yeah, there's no, there's no other explanation than these batches are very different from each other. I mean, we're talking like a difference of one to. 1248 right you know it's not like oh there's five in this and seven in that like no it's apples well, and oranges so and this ties right into another kind of uh, scandal that happened during the time that we were off which was basically uh somebody did a foia request of uh, pfizer's data on their release of uh the, the vaccine and they were told that it would have to be till 2076 and then later changed it, I think, to 2099. <laughs> they wanted to well, be good, they, 
good and sure that uh, we would all be dead by then. Yeah, so they, I did have that story in there. And, well, and what's interesting, out, but the, but I think it was of the FDA saying, FDA, what data did you look at to approve the Pfizer vaccine? And they said, oh, we can, uh, you know, there's so much, you know, good information here that we just can't possibly give that all to you. We have to, we could probably do 500 pages a month, which with the amount that they have it, that they have will take in, you know, 50 years, 75 years or whatever. So, and I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the really bad stuff, um, I'm sure they'll get all that out right away. Right, Tim? They oh, won't yeah. save that for the 2070s. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, if you could look in your little instant message, there's a link there. If you could open that up, um, I'd like you to read this story because this just came out. When, when was this? Yesterday, the day before? Um, but this is, a, I think, a very important development. Uh, no, a few days ago. Court ordered Pfizer documents. They tried to have sealed for 55 years show 1,223 deaths, 158,000 adverse events in 90 days post-emergency use authorization release. Uh, and this is from Celia Farber. I'm not familiar with her. Uh, dear readers of my Substack, I want to tell you urgently that I'm sitting here as shocked as I can remember being since I began reporting on pharmaceutical and government pharmaceutical predation in 1987-1988 at a rock magazine called Spin. I've spent most of my life shocked, often disoriented, wondering if I can believe my own eyes and trying to square this countless attacks on my own sanity with what appears to be the impossibly dark truth. Yes, they're trying to kill you. They're trying to kill all of us. That's, That's the truth. For years, I had processed the relentless violence as some kind of possibility that I had missed something. I don't anymore. Everybody who has failed to oppose this is complicit in mass murder. These are There are not two sides. Pfizer, it's, Pfizer itself can explain exactly why all the people dropping dead have died, but they felt it should be hidden for 55 years so they could continue to murder and maim without interference. The mass media is the engine of the catastrophe, the sin qua non. Most smoking guns are not really smoking guns, but this one is. A group called Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency Documents sued the FDA for the release of Pfizer's documents concerning adverse events from their COVID vaccine, which Pfizer fought to have concealed for 55 years, but a courageous judge ordered them released anyway. They wrote on their website, four days after the Pfizer, well, this is, okay, it's partially true, partially accurate, partially not accurate. They wrote on their website four days after the Pfizer vaccine was approved for ages 16 plus, we submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the FDA for all the data within Pfizer, Pfizer's COVID vaccine biological product file. We've now sued the FDA for not releasing the data. Click below for court documents and for protections of Pfizer's documents from the FDA. It's got some more there. Uh, in the 90 days following EUA release of the vaccine, they recorded 1,223 deaths and 158,000 adverse reactions, including fetal deaths, spontaneous abortions, and more. They call this in their encrypted transhuman pharma lingo the post-marketing experience. Whose experience? Pfizer's or the dead? I failed to catch on to this when it was released a few days ago, for which I apologize. Mark Crispin Miller sent it out today, and I realized I'd missed something incredibly important. I opened the document and began to read it as my mind short-circuited. One thinks one has seen it all, but no. 
I'd heard Alex Jones uh, apoplectically reporting on it this week, but for some reason I still didn't drop what I was doing and go to it. Mike Adams reported comprehensively on it here. Normally I write prose sentences, but now I'm dropping a massive boulder of words, a sheer word cloud, so you can have a visual sense of the extent of the adverse events. Pfizer courageously, outrageously and blithely calls of special interest. I was just listening yesterday to a Last American Vagabond interview. Okay. And I'm going to blank on her. I think it's Jackson. But it's a gal who uh, was hired by a company that was doing part of the Pfizer trial. Okay. And, and you know, she she talks about what she saw and she said she's been doing this sort of thing for 20 years and has never seen like this level of corruption, just forging documents, not informing people of what's going on, covering up bad events. And then when she um, blew the whistle and sent a bunch of stuff to the, um, uh, the British, the BMJ, the British medical journal, which has mm-hmm. been one of the few, I guess, non-bought-out medical journals that's out there still, because um, they they published a big story on on her documents and confirmed what she'd said. Um, you know, they the company fired her, and and the mainstream media is like, oh, she's just making it up. <laughs> and it's like, a, a, anyway, very good interview, Last American Vagabond. And people will, well, it's from the last week or so. So it, it goes through uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of how they rigged the study. They're, I mean, anyone paying attention knows they rigged it, but she does. She goes into specifics on what they did to get the results, uh, to present results, Um that they could say were, oh, yeah, yeah, safe and effective. When in reality, they're getting these same so, reports. And and you know that Pfizer and all these companies, they know the batch number. Right. So anyway, the to kind of finish up the story that you're just reading, um, it, it lists all of the adverse events. Are you seeing that? Yeah. 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 So it everything, goes down. Everything like in, yeah. In, in post. Acute kidney uh, injury, acute motor axonal neuropathy, acute myocardial infarction, acute respiratory distress syndrome, acute respiratory failure, administration site thrombosis, administration site vasculitis, which it's kind of hard to explain how something happens at the injection site, you know, how that's not related to the vaccine, but. Uh, Air embolism, alonine, yeah, some of these I don't even know what they are. Um, seizure, hepatitis, Alpers disease, anaphylactic shock, anaphylactic transfusion reaction, anaphylactic syndrome of pregnancy, and these are everything that starts with A. Yeah, it's. I mean, just to kind of describe pretty, this for the people. The, the, the notes will be in, or this will be in the show notes, of course, but. Appendix one, list of adverse events, special interests, starting in alphabetical order. And the and A is two or three scroll wheels on my mouse. Uh, yeah. 
it's all of page one and then into page two and then BC throughout page two. And it's just a huge wall of text. And the, it's insane. It's, it's absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, she went through and put in bold some things that are pretty interesting, you know, it, but, she, you know, she it just uh, and they call this the what was it? The post advertising period or the post promotion post marketing post marketing yeah yeah which is the first 90 days and they knew this stuff oh yeah aspartate glutamate transporter deficiency i mean it's just anemia cerebral microembolism death neonatal deep vein thrombosis so i'm not a doctor uh death neonatal means death of like spontaneous abortion is that abort like mm-hmm. yeah death killing the, babies yeah you with a baby and you know i'm you're tempted to say well there would be whistleblowers well there are whistleblowers and they're you know it's it's amazing to just see the propaganda at work and how they can how much of the media they own to the point where you know, even when people speak out, they they are deemed crackpots and liars just by the content of what they're saying. No evidence like here's this person totally mainstream. You know, I mean, for Pete's sake, we got Marion Marion Gruber at the FDA who's been pumping out poison vaccines uh, for 30 years. He's like, oh, this is a bridge too far. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Well, and this, the, these were all known on April 30th, 2021. This is this yep. whole list is is up to date as of April 30th, 2021. So Pfizer knew they know they knew. I mean, it just it's just insane. Yeah. Zika virus associated guy on bar syndrome. <laughs> That's the last yeah. thing. And, and it goes on. And probably what they part of what they had to figure out is like. Do you remember the Bill Gates clip? I mean, we played it, I don't know, a year ago. And he said, you know, even if you've got a really safe vaccine, there might be like 1% of people having an adverse reaction. Well, that's a lot of people when you get the vaccine to billions of people. So we need uh, immunity for the manufacturers. Yep. So interestingly enough on that, batch analysis he found basically one out of every 200 batches which is a very round number right it is i mean like so it's like okay well if we've got some baseline that we know any injection is going to cause some reactions we can't do one out of a hundred and stay with the one percent you know oh it's so rare so we'll do one out of every 200 uh, being the the real deal, and then all you got to do is explain those away and rig a couple studies, and boom, that's what they did. So I mean, we're we've been talking about how you can't trust the FDA for years, the whole time we've been doing the podcast. But it, I mean, it it really is at a point where that they're not doing anything to stop. Uh, these companies, these Pfizer, Moderna, there, there is no check and balance. It's just whatever you guys want to do, 
we will enforce it and everyone's so deep into it uh you know there's no going back it's weird too right because the whole one and you basically the way that that video goes on to explain it he said you're basically looking at a a one uh, it's russian roulette right it's just instead of six chambers there's 200 yeah but at any point you could pull the trigger and just get an absolutely toxic injection and And, go ahead well just once you've got the forced vaccination mechanism in place it's over yeah you know then it's just and i'm a little surprised they didn't do you know like a hundred percent saline placebos for the first round through yeah and it seems like a ton of adverse events and this is you know we're looking at uh only one in 200 batches being the ones you got to worry about and that's still creating it everybody everybody knows someone's vaccine injured at this point yeah yeah so uh, yeah yeah it's James uh, Corbett, I, I haven't actually finished it yet, but he's he makes a great point on, he talks about the World Economic Forum's so-called great narrative and how we need, I mean, you know, we need a, a counter story. And he talks about how advertisers don't tell you, like, here are the facts about our product versus our competitor's product. You know, it's all emotion. It's all just, and that's, we joke about it on here. Oh, safe and effective. But it's, you know, truth that they're not willing to debate on that, like, truth and facts level. It's all just emotion. And people are bad if they're anti-vaxxers and good if they take their boosters. You know, that's, it's Donald Trump level propaganda. But uh from the drug companies yeah you know i mean most of sales is based you know it's based on emotion but it it, and that's i guess where edward bernays and the whole propaganda kind of comes in i think they were reliant on that their propaganda was strong enough that they get away with one in 200 Mm. pretty pretty terrible injections but you know most of sales is emotionally based you know that was one of the differences between working for Land Rover and selling Range Rovers and working for Volvo. People from Volvo, like they didn't fall for a sales pitch. They were very engineer-like, analytical, mm. and they needed to be. I mean, they fell for a sales pitch somewhat, but it was more just if if the numbers lined up. Like, look, it's the most safe. It's the most this. It's the most that. And here's mm. the price, and it can be this big of a discount. They're also kind of, you know, if there's any kind of rebates, there's they're kind of suckers for that. But it it. It's two different forms of uh, sales in a way, but it the analytical has its place. But like when it comes to like you know selling a Range Rover, it's like, I mean, the, can I get a discount? No. Well, why can't I get a discount? Because it's a Range Rover. Do you want one? Yes. Okay. Well, then that's how much it is, <laughs> and that's kind of the way it right. It's because and the people would say, well, I don't need this. And I would always just laugh. I'm like, hey, man, look around. Nobody needs any of this. This is this is, this is if you want it. Like, I'm not, right. I, I didn't come to your house and try and sell this to you. This is if you want it. Now, you came here because clearly you want the prestige or this or that. But it seems that they've gotten people to kind of fall for that emotional level 
propaganda mm-hmm. when it is actually not uh, like emotional propaganda, emotional level sales is, is great for selling luxury items. Everyone knows they, they don't need them. And so, you know, you use that for sales for, for that. Cause it's like, Hey, they want this. This is a, it's a status thing. It's to achieve some, you know, you know, objective in the person's mind or something like this. But when it comes to like injecting something into your child, I feel like the emotional sales pitch shouldn't work and it certainly won't on me. Um, but somehow they've gotten the American public to kind of fall for that on every level in every space, including this in it, but not all, at least half. But I, you know, I don't know how many people are lining their kids up to, for this stuff falling for the emotional sales pitch. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, I almost have to not think about it too much. You know, I mean, we, uh, the, um, whether it's child abuse or this form of child abuse, you know, it's, it's real. Pizzagate was real, but it's like, man, I, (laughs) I can't spend too much time thinking about that just for my own own sanity there yeah we all have our we all have our uh our limit for dealing with this stuff and one of the great things about this last few weeks and moving is just been able to to only check in on this stuff when i needed to you know what i mean and not have it being constantly thrown in my face and emotional you know people at the playground telling my kid they can't play oh. and they play with them because they don't have a mask on and stuff like you know it's 70 degrees and sunny and there's nobody trying to kick my kid out of a playground. So it's been harder <laughs> for me to kind of deal with it. Uh, and, but it, it, I think it'll be better in the long run. I think God kind of had his, had a good idea in mind, putting us out here kind of in yep. the country. And, and, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's important for people to, to know that there are, it is different. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's perfect anywhere obviously right. but it, it is different just like the i don't know man it's it's really nice not to feel like i have to gear up for conflict everywhere i go so but it's also been nice for me to not have to do it you don't want to do that sort of stuff yeah. uh, we we had a great uh, experience here recently we, there's a place down here called uh well it's a, just a local local place it's been here since like 1963 and they sell like homemade candy the homemade nuts uh, or like homegrown nuts. You can actually bring, you know, walnuts or pecans in there and they have a shelling machine. They'll shell it out for you. It's just a super old school. Oh, like wow. they still have the buttons on the, uh, on the register. You have to push the button <laughs> ticker, ticker tape receipt. And, you know, nice. pretty, pretty old school, pretty, pretty kind of a throwback type of deal. And, you know, had I not left and come back, that sort of thing would have been lost on me. But, uh, anyway, uh, on the on the I, I should have sent I wish I would have got a picture of it I think maybe my wife did I'll send it to you Andrew but on the display near the door there is all these different all their biggest sellers for the holidays this different kind of candy chocolate covered peanuts chocolate covered this chocolate covered and there's two books and one of them is the real Anthony Fauci and the other one was Peter McCullough. So it's a book by uh, Behind the Pandemic and the Great Reset by Peter McCullough. Or, uh, yeah. So they and, were they were retailing just those two books? Yes. 
That's awesome. On the front end cap, like as soon as you walk in the door. And um, my wife mentioned something to the to the cashier about like, hey, you know, this is this is pretty cool, pretty interesting. You guys are doing this. And they're like, well, thank you for for noticing, and we're just glad that you weren't upset about it. We did have a recent, uh, uh, you know, negative review. <laughs> oh goodness. So. I, <laughs> So anyway, I went to uh, see if I could find it, but I went on Google. I was like, what What would this person say? For nearly two decades, we visited uh, our this place when we visited our relatives in Oklahoma. Are their products great? Oh, of yes. course. So they're not from Oklahoma. No. Yep. Yes. Will I ever do business with them again? No. Last weekend, they displayed an anti-vaccination conspiracy book for sale at their register. I have no respect for anyone that is anti-science and anti-vaccination. I'm shocked that anyone could be so wildly dismissive of Norman's large population of college-educated and medical professionals. This was foolish, unwise, and now raises questions about their business acumen and commitment to selling healthy products. Oh, really? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like uh, people who sell uh, candies made with with nuts might care about why kids are all of a sudden allergic to nuts. Well, and I hadn't, I hadn't made this tie in. I hadn't made this tie in. This is interesting. It does. Oh. It does seem like that would be it. Pretty soon they won't even be allowed to, you know, <laughs> barely be allowed to sell peanut butter, much less. <laughs> oh, I wonder what changed. Weird. Hmm. What so, are you going to, what, what do you want to get to next? Interesting article, another one from Steve Kirsch. Uh, He posts that Biden is definitely is highly likely vaccine injured. Newsom is definitely vaccine injured. And he talks about peripheral neuropathy, which is in Biden's report from his latest, you know, supposed visit to the doctor for a colonoscopy. And uh, he was diagnosed with that. And that's a very common vaccine side effect. So he, he says Highly likely that's vaccine related. And then Newsom, um, he is 100% sure. And we talked about that on our podcast. Um, you know, he's got Guillaume Bray. And his he had some facial paralysis that is sort of cleared back up. Um, and he recently went down to a place in Mexico, uh, supposedly for vacation, but possibly for treatment. That's Steve Kirsch's hypothesis there. So I don't know. It's hard for me to think that Biden would actually take the vaccines. Well, it's also a possibility that Biden is so frail that just the, you know, getting the saline shot will mess him up. There was a there was a recording. I cannot find it for the life of me, but it was earlier this year in. some lady comes walking up and she says to Biden, I just, you know, just got my vaccine. And he's like, what? Are you OK? Like, almost <laughs> like, like he knew that it was bad and was just like, are you OK? Is that oh, are you serious? Really? Wow. And it just made me think that, you know, they all kind of know. I, I don't know, man. He is. He's struggling. So. Have you seen the latest comparison, like a side by side? Is like, are these the two the same people? And it's Biden and Biden, but one of them looks just completely different than the yeah. other. 
Yeah, I would I would be zero percent shocked if they're rolling out a a Biden double. Yeah, it seems like seems like that is exactly what they're doing. So anyway, my apologies. It's kind of a broken up uh, show here since there's plumbers and everybody coming and going. Eventually, I'm going to be situated in my own you know podcasting bunker room, <laughs> which will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're are you gonna have a podcasting slash possible work from home area? Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh but yeah. Maybe utilize the storm shelter for podcasting, but the sound will be good in the old podcasting studio then. <laughs> in the storm shelter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm I'm curious about that. It'd be very safe, Tim. It would. Safe yeah. and it'd be safe and effective <laughs> to do my podcast from there. No tornado's gonna sneak up be, sneak up on you in there. But. Or drone bomb. I'll I'll uh <laughs> Michael what was his name? Shoot, I can't believe I already forgot this dude. Michael Hastings. Oh yeah. Was that what happened to his car? Uh well we don't technically nobody knows. But that's what I thought. The I thought it was one of those um, self-driving car deals that the accelerator stuck no. down. Or is that someone else? You met. You remember this is a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. We no, nobody really knows what happened, but I think. Um, yeah, we talked about this on the show at length. But there's a it was a weird accident that was immediately explosive, and like the engine mm-hmm. is found almost. Is like 50 feet away from the original yep. car. I'm just going by, off memory here, but it's it was a Mercedes S class, I believe, and yeah. And that was following his either a story that he was working on or a story. I think it was a story he was working on, right? Yes, and it was. Uh, I believe. I mean, at least similar in. It was back during the time that. Shortly after uh, Breitbart had been killed. Yeah. Gosh, 2013. What was the what was the thing that got him killed? The story he was working on at the time of his death centered around uh, CIA director John Brennan, the chief architect of President Obama's foreign drone program. It related specifically to Brennan's role as the administrator's point man, tracking investigative journalists and their sources in Washington. Hmm. The night of his death, Hastings had contacted WikiLeaks attorney Jennifer Robinson and sent an email to his colleagues at the news site BuzzFeed saying he was working on a big story that was going off and he was going to go off the radar, citing fears over federal authorities interviewing his friends. Hastings blind copied his friend, the staff sergeant Joe Biggs, whom Hastings had known from his time embedded in Afghanistan. According to LA Weekly, just hours before the deadly crash, Hastings had asked to borrow his neighbor's Volvo because he suspected his own car's computer had been hacked. Los Angeles Department said repeatedly that it suspects no foul play. Mm. Questioning. <laughs> Los Angeles Police Department. The FBI told us that yes. we suspect no foul play. Los Angeles Police Department, eight years ahead of its time. There was no evidence of widespread uh, tampering of this. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, and that was back when. Is Buzz that the same Joe Biggs seat. that was arrested uh, January sixth because of the January sixth stuff? Is there? It's the same guy, you think? 
<laughs> I think so. It's Joe Biggs. Let me see. What in the world? Who is a leading figure of the Proud Boys group? Participation in the 2021 Capital Attack. Capital Attack. Capital uh, Attack. Wikipedia. No slant there. No, this can't be the same guy. Yeah, I think it is, but. Wow. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up from with a nice short clip on mass non-compliance. We need our mass non-compliance dose of the day. Uh, it's the frontline freedom. And how do I have it labeled? Yeah, Staff Sergeant Rant Joe Biggs, an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran with two Purple Hearts, high-ranking member of the Proud Boys, wrote a harrowing letter from jail in Florida. Yeah, they're they're gonna try and kill him off in jail, I think. Holy moly! Yeah. Loose ends, all the way from back there. I guess it could be a same same exact name and title, but I think it's the same guy. Same exact name and title and was in Afghanistan. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, it's it's, yeah. doesn't seem really likely. They've probably yeah, been after him since then. But. That's wild. We just kind of stumbled onto that middle of the show. So you want to play the excellent rant about vaccine passports? Sure. Vaccine passports. If you've had the jab or not, doesn't stop you from getting it, doesn't stop you from passing it on. So what are these passports about? These are data passports. These are compliance passports. These are participation passports. Whether you've had it or not, you should be saying no right now. You're not going to show your papers to participate in society. When Robin Swan talks about the unvaccinated, who do you think he's talking about? Go to the COVID dashboard, according to their figures, if you can believe them. 91% of adults have had it, 56% of children aged 16 to 17, and 25% of children aged 12 to 15. The children, that's who they're coming for. That is who the unvaccinated are. These passports are precursor to a digital ID, which is essential for the new financial system. Everyone has to have one, no exceptions. Doesn't matter what damage is done in the process of this happening. So what can you do? Mass non-compliance. It's easy. Men fought in wars, had to go frontline wars and died for freedom. All we have to do is say no. We do not comply. We do not consent. We refuse to use the passports. Hmm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah, it, it is more and more obvious. This is all about a uh, just a digital ID system. Right. Do you see any yeah. signs for the digital ID? Oh. On, your, on your travels? No, I, I know Utah is, is doing a, a version of it. Uh, we drove through there at night, though, so I didn't see... I didn't see any signs or advertisements for it. I saw one that said, get your get your uh, uh, real ID. I don't know. Gosh, it wasn't real ID. It was. Well, 
Yeah, Real ID is pretty much nationwide now. But you, it was from Department of Homeland Security. It says get yeah. your, maybe it was Real ID or something like this by 2022 or 2023. Right, or you can't travel outside the country or what have you. But it's yeah, they've been pushing Real ID for a long, a long time, but they're <laughs> they're getting pretty close now. But the Utah version, it's, you know, oh, it's so convenient. It's an app on your phone, and you can share only the information that you need to share. It's so safe and secure because it's all digital now. Yep. Meet your new ID, the one that's ready to fly. May May 3rd, 2023, U.S. travelers must be real ID compliant. Anyway, you know what's interesting about all that is, and I I think I've talked about it before, but – when I first joined the military, I, the time I was in the military from 1999 to 2004, there was a lot of wholesale change that was a, kind of made it very interesting to even be in the military at that time. But, uh, you know, with September 11th and everything happening. But one of the things was when I joined, they issued me a green uh, ID card and it was just a military ID card. When I arrived at boot camp, they gave me my smart card. And my smart card now had a chip in it, just exactly like the chips that are all new, you know, over the last five years and all the debit cards. No longer do we swipe. You just insert the chip. Right. Same exact Cause it, chip. Because it's so much better than swiping was. It's more secure than swiping. So uh, <laughs> it may be. I don't know. Um, but here's the deal. Those things were being used in, mil- in, uh, in the military for and then they eventually became the military ID 20 years ago. Mm hmm. And it was all kind of a, you know, just experimental at that point. But it was like, hey, the 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 uh, the pitch is though we needed one. We were in the military that did, you know, gave us stuff we had to use. But the pitch was basically like, hey, check this out. It'll actually keep your medical record and your blood type and all this information on uh, on this little chip. And that way, if you ever injured, they'll know. Yeah, that that actually, uh, I later got hurt <laughs> while I was in the military. Uh, they lost my records, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good thing they're on." Oh, this. yeah, good it thing they're so on this. well. Yeah, yeah, good thing they're on this smart card, right? Oh no, that's just your blood type. It's like, oh, cool. Well, that's uh, so disappointing, <laughs> considering uh, all the uh, situations there. So, anyway, moving um, on. No, that y- yes, I. You know, we talked about how the virus, whatever it is, or the the claims of there being a, a pandemic were designed to push the vaccine. And I think the vaccine is designed to push the vaccine mandates and the vaccine mandates are to get everyone into this digital ID system so that everyone can be tracked and traced and they can have an excuse why, you know, no one else is safe if you're not tracked and traced. So, don't you want people to to know that you're safe and not going to give them a deadly <laughs> deadly virus? Hey, I, when I woke up this morning, I took some supplements and then I had to go for a drive and I put on my seatbelts. I hope that you did both of those things too, Andrew. That way, mine <laughs> Other, work. Otherwise, yours won't work. Yeah. Otherwise, my supplements and my seatbelt don't work. So, yeah. anyway, uh, maybe we should thank a couple producers and then get out of here. Well. You know, we did we didn't talk too much about the financial stuff. There's a lot going on there. So let's just let Kamala Harris explain it all. 
<laughs> in this 19 second clip. Quick question, and I mean this. Yeah. Since the campaign trail, since becoming vice president, have you heard her say anything that was not only coherent but relevant to the situation and not completely tone deaf? No, but she like this, even Biden this can, is can, Kamala Harris though. This is you can't find anything going back to the campaign trail. You know where, like who likes Kamala Harris? Nobody. Anyway, anyway, so I, I ruined the punchline. So she's going to explain uh, the economy and, you know, inflation right here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell by the first noise out of her mouth. This is going to be terrible. Well, also the look on her face, she looks completely lost, both hands in the air. Yeah. Uh, prices have gone up. And Thank you, Kamala. Very good. <laughs> That's a good. It's a good. Good clip. Thanks, Andrew. Sorry. Uh, prices have gone up, and families and individuals are dealing with the realities of of the, that bread costs more, that gas costs more. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Kamala. So it's prices have gone up. Do you feel like you're, you know, you might have something to do with that or <laughs> got any ideas for how to make those prices come back down or no, no we're just going to go with the, Hey, water's wet. The sky is blue. <laughs> prices have, have gone up. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the situation where she's trying to, you know, she's got the the old like down home Kamala where she kind of talks with an accent and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, tries to act black. And then there's the, you know, I'm up here at the podium and I need to sound intelligent. And she just goes for neither there. Like, let's yeah. let's not be down home. Let's not be intelligent. Let's just prices have gone up. We have my hands in the air. Well, I mean, to be honest, that's better than laughing. <laughs> yeah, at least she didn't laugh at the end of it. She could have laughed. If she would have laughed, I think it would have been a little bit more. Yeah, fun. that's, usually, that's a, kind of her brand. Yeah, yeah. We, I should have brought the Camilla Cackles clip back, <laughs> but it's all good. Okay. So let's thank a couple of our contributors. Thank you, everybody who contributed this last month while we were on the road getting things moved. It looks like it's been almost exactly one month since we did our last show. I think our last show was November 10th, and now here it is December 9th. So we are looking at basically uh, a full month of contributions, and we appreciate everybody who came in. Of course, uh, Danny and Kyle both came in, and we appreciate both of you guys a lot. Danny with the 25 and Kyle with the 100. Um, who continue to be the uh, gold level producers. You need to get that uh, level thing added up here soon. Uh, also, Kathy, looks like you're doing first initials. Kathy R, Cody M. So we're going to do initials. That might be an interesting way to go. Kathy R with $150 donation. Thank you for that. And Cody M with a $100 donation. Thank you for that. 
Uh, and then we had a, a slew of our normal monthly kind of subscriber type uh, installments. Emily with $10, Matthew with 7 Sean with 5 and Autumn with 5 Thank you guys all for contributing in that way. Uh, super helpful, especially in this time. Um, Andrew and I decided to move all the way across the country at some hist- at, at, a, at a time with historically high gas prices. <laughs> yes, although they're better here. They're much better here, but uh, it was painful. We drove two cars in my family, so we uh, spent spent that gas, spent yeah. the money on some gas there. Uh, can't forget uh, they came in just after our last show. Eric A and Susan G. Eric A with thirty dollars, Susan G. with twenty dollars. So thank you so much. Uh, I guess those are from different parts. We'll have to keep the spreadsheet a little bit better organized headed into the future. Just remembering where everybody's from if it's listed and. All of that sort of thing. Give us, cut us some slack, people. Let us, let us get back into the swing of things here. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I'll write it and we'll do it live. And hit, happy birthday to my mom. It's your mom's birthday today. It is. So happy birthday she gets to, to celebrate with her child having moved her grandkids two thousand miles away. So, happy birthday, and I'm sorry. Happy birthday, Mrs. Hoffman. They have a new puppy, though, so it's good timing. Empty nesters always get get a good pet. I always always get, uh, both when I left for college and now, I get replaced by a dog. So, I mean... I could see as kind of a golden retriever. <laughs> Miniature schnauzer. <laughs> if you were a dog, I wouldn't pick Miniature schnauzer. No, this, this new one seems nice, though. The, their last one hated my guts. So just would, would bark at me if I when I went over there. But This one was nice, but I'm sure by the time I, I see him again, he'll have turned on me. But. All right. Um, We've referenced this article a couple times in the show. This time it will be in the show notes. The best states to live in and move to if you're contemplating a max exodus from your state. Number one's Oklahoma. It is Oklahoma. It's kind of funny. I think it's because of, uh, let's see, Oklahoma is tops in literally every category and no other state comes close. Oklahoma has religious, philosophical, and medical vaccine exemptions, great homeschooling, medical freedoms, the ability to grow your own food, an excellent governor, amazing Second Amendment protection, the lowest cost of living, access to co-ops, crop shares, health food stores, and an excellent state government. Businesses are open, masks are not required, and personal reviews of people living in this state who were polled gave it a 10 out of 10. Cons. Oklahoma City had ridiculous COVID restrictions, though they have since expired. Residents here suggest preparing yourself for the real possibilities you'll encounter a tornado. (laughs) Very true. Very true. And I'll have you know the Oklahoma City public school system is masking up because of Omicron. Oh, are you serious? Through January. (sighs) Through January. End of the the, uh, semester. I did see the neighbors a high school age kid wearing a mask it was sad to see yep he is probably headed to school where he is required to wear it 
Unfortunate, uh, but a little bit better state of affairs here than there is in Portland. I saw a clip yet that came out yesterday. I think Katie Daviscourt from up there in uh, Seattle tweeted a short video that was sent to her of, uh, I think it was fourth graders outside in an elementary school in Portland. And so let me guess, pouring rain and masked, pouring rain, masked in a uh, basketball court. So for those who don't live in the Northwest, we don't either, but um, their basketball courts are covered so that, you know, they can actually play basketball sometimes because it rains all the time. So outside on a basketball court, all sitting on Home Depot buckets, uh, six feet apart, eating their lunch. <laughs> 40 degrees, sitting on a bucket. They have to eat outside because the cafeteria is too dangerous. Yes, 40 degrees, oh. sitting on a bucket, in the rain, on a basketball court, eating their food. Yeah. Fourth grade. Hmm. Speaking of child abuse... Oh, and by the way, what's Oregon on the list? 38? Yeah, not near as high as uh, I noticed it was considerably. Oklahoma's number one, Oregon was 38, and Washington was? 48. 48. (laughs) And people can probably predict the worst two states being California and New York. It's 47. Oh, 47. Yeah, but actually, New York is the worst, California, and then I didn't know about Maine. So the only ones that beat... (laughs) <laughs> the beat Washington were uh, Maine, California, and New York. But I, lo- I want to read Washington's. It's so funny. Pros. In Washington, you'll have access to plenty of health food stores and nurse and natural health practitioners. If you homeschool and live on the border of Washington, Idaho, you'll survive a lot better in this state. Cons. As described, several residents uh, by several residents, our governor is an idiot and our <laughs> freedoms are slowly being stripped away. And that, Medical that's pro- uh, from the... You know, dictionary medical definition of idiot, that's actually true. So <laughs> medical professionals are infiltrating the political ranks and influencing policy in order to favor the pharmaceutical agenda. Philosophical vaccine exemptions need to be signed off on by a doctor. Pediatricians threaten to report parents who have children not up to date on vaccines. And after telling parents to avoid well checks due to COVID, Washington has beautiful fresh air that you won't be able to enjoy because you'll be suffocating on your own carbon dioxide. Residents of this state are being held hostage over COVID. Which I thought was good. What was so bad about Maine? That that one does surprise me. That I had no idea that Maine was this like this. Yeah. Maine, uh, nice views, beautiful landscape, and food trucks. I'm really trying here. Oh, cons. Maine has only medical vaccine exemptions. Heavy, what? heavily no, re- no reg- religious. How does that work? Uh, you know, you know that California doesn't have it either, right? Uh, I I know they I know that they did try and take it take it away uh, a couple of years ago because so many people were homeschooled. Mm. Yeah, but there's three: there's philosophical, medical, and then religious. Uh, Washington no longer has philosophical, neither does Oregon, but California doesn't have religious either. I think that it's just maybe it's just not stated. Maybe you can still apply for it. I'm not sure. No, Oregon still has philosophical. They do. Yeah. I, oh. I checked all three boxes on my my kids' exemption <laughs> form: philosophical, <laughs> religious, and um, what's and medical. 
Maine only has vac- medical vaccine exemptions, heavily regulates homeschooling, has a high cost of living, a tyrannical governor, poor Second Amendment protections, and isn't an ideal place for someone who wants minimal government intervention and values medical freedoms to live. Well, there you go. Get out of Maine. Yeah. All our Maine yeah. listeners need to come to Oklahoma. <laughs> Number 50, New York. Pros. <laughs> Cons. <laughs> no religious or physical. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I thought that was an interesting yeah. uh, interesting article. Yep. And, uh, you know, other than family not being anywhere close, uh, no regrets on, on the move. So, sanity is a good trade for scenery. <laughs> is that your words of wisdom for the day? Yeah. Sanity is worth more than scenery. And, you know, the the sunsets, sunrises, there's some good scenery here. So. Yeah, I agree. The sunsets and sunrises are definitely uh, worth I'm just throwing it out here, Tim. Feel free to totally disagree. But does the sun and the moon appear to be larger in Oklahoma than in the Northwest? Yes. This is. My wife is like, why is the sun bigger? (laughs) Well, this is this is. uh, There's there's like a, a whole explanation for why it it seems bigger in certain parts of the world but you know considering your beliefs on the (laughs) world on the proximity of the sun and the moon to earth and uh, maybe they're just closer and the shape of the earth (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, I believe we were in Wyoming or Montana and my uh, son turns to me and he goes, hey, dad, what's that big orange thing over there? <laughs> and I look and it was the moon. But it was like yeah. just off the horizon in like almost orange and like yeah. huge. I was like, oh, that's the moon. He's like, no, he couldn't, couldn't believe it. So About 20 years ago, I was driving through Texas and it's like, the moon was like four times the size of what the moon ever looks like in, in the Northwest. So it was, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe where it's flat, the sky is bigger. It seems bigger. I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like it's closer. And, you know, if you're close to the sun, it gets warmer. I don't know. Makes too much sense. Should we play this, uh, Ahmed Aubrey's father. Yeah, that was a good clip. For real, all life matters. All life. Yes. Not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Nobody. I don't want to see no daddy watch a kid get lynched and shot down like that. That's right, Ma. So it's all our problem. It's all our problem. So hey, let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing it and making this place a better place for all human beings. Amen. All human beings. Amen. Everybody. Love everybody. Love everybody. All human beings need to be treated equally. Wait, all all lives matter? What happened? It's gonna get in trouble with with Al Sharpton six inches away. That's uh that's courage right there. Yeah, nodding his head. And he actually said all lives out loud. Yeah. So, 
All right. And well, that was that was posted on Twitter by the the Roof Korean. It's a good Twitter account. The Roof Korean. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they they've been demonized. The rooftop Koreans have become the white supremacists of the Korean <laughs> race. You know, they're the type of they're more like these Kyle Rittenhouse types that'll vigorously defend their property. So this, I just randomly stumbled across the uh, growth of electric vehicles endangering rainforest from MSN.com. I thought that was interesting. Oh, you know, it when stuff just really doesn't make sense, you know that there's a different agenda for it, and the the argument of we need electric vehicles for the earth. Uh, it's been just really doesn't make sense. You know, it does not. If you look at the environmental damage from mining those rare earth minerals and, you know, making the batteries and everything else, it doesn't make sense from with any metric that you you put on it. Uh, but it does make sense because those electric vehicles uh, much easier to control people. Yeah, it's all the every everything at this point is all a ruse for tighter control over the global population. I mean, it's it. I mean, take every single agenda coming out of Washington, you know, uh, coming out of London, coming out of any you know place, any capital, any government around the world, and it's all just a means for tighter control. It doesn't have anything to do with health and safety. It doesn't have anything to do with global warming or saving the earth or equity or anything like that. It's just tighter control, and it's 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 almost good how naked it is at this point uh, because more and more people are kind of waking up to it. I just don't know if it's a significant enough portion of people waking up to the fact yeah, that it's going so much faster. You know? Yes. And it, and which is good in a way because it's like more people can realize like, Hey, this is insane. I've seen more and more posts from people who are saying, look, look, I got two jobs, but I'm not going for a third or, you know, this is nuts. Why should I have to show my medical card to be able to buy groceries? And it's just everything. It's just an electric car thing. It's nothing but a, a means for global control. And it's pushed by the, uh, you know, Bill Gates, is, or excuse me, <laughs> Freudian slip by uh, Elon <laughs> Musk, who is the opposite of Bill Gates, but still the same. Literally the same, but just clothed as in like, where Bill Gates tries to be like relevant, uh, Elon Musk has like a cool factor, and uh, so it's cool, man. Yeah, it's you know? like ch- check out my satanic girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, I put a chip in this monkey's brain. Now it can play <laughs> pong all by itself. It's so cool. <clears throat> there was an article, not an article, but you, do you uh, check out Gates Notes just recently? Oh, uh, there's a site called Gates Notes. You don't know about Gates Notes? No. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. This is where he publishes his... Uh, oh, it's his blog. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Reasons for optimism after a difficult year. So anyway, he goes he goes on to talk about all of the... He talks about how hard it was for him. But it, it's... I wanted to read this. Do-do-do-do. Well, I'll just read through. How is it hard for him? When Paul and I were, stating, were starting Microsoft, we had a vision that personal computers would play a significant role in people's lives. I don't think either of us ever foresaw a future where they would be our only connection to the world or that I would poison him with a cancer. That, oh, sorry. Oh. OK. Like many people, there were entire days this year when the only human action interaction I had was through a screen. The result has been the Ugh, most too most, much information. Yeah. The result has been the most unusual and difficult 
year of my life. I suspect a lot of people reading this might say the same. He's relatable. He's got a sweater on. <laughs> and of course, the picture at the top, he is wearing a sweater. In 2021, the it's the same PR guy as uh, Warren Ugh. Buffett with the ice cream. Literally the same PR guy. Like, okay, sweater. That's it. That's your only yeah. thing. Just sweater. You, you are Mr. Rogers now. Yeah. We all have to adapt to the new normal. Although what this looks like is different for every person. For me, the result has been a year spent mostly online. I had stretches of time without any face-to-face social interaction. If I had to break between meetings, meetings, I'd walk around my yard just to see something different. After work, I'd play bridge with friends online or hang out with them over video chat. Once I got vaccinated, I started having some small in-person get-togethers, but my social life is still more digital than it used to be. How do you get the How do you get the adrenochrome? So he computer? he talks about how it's a you know such a tough year for him, but doesn't mention the separation at all. Oh no, he does. He gets into it. Oh okay. Uh, I was actually going to skip ahead to that. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to ruin the punch, the Jeffrey Epstein punchline. My old friend, Jeffrey. (laughs) I miss my friend, Jeffrey. Uh, My my family also experienced a lot of changes beyond what you probably saw in the news. Or wait, Uh, I messed this up. Oh, even though I think things... I think the things I've been working on are by far the most interesting part of my year. I know a lot of people are curious about the titillate, sorry, uh, about a subject closer to home, my divorce. Melinda and I continue to run our foundation together and we have found a good new working rhythm, but I can't deny that it's been a year of great personal sadness for me. Adapting to change is never easy, no matter what it is. I've been impressed by how resilient my loved ones, especially my kids have been during this challenging time. My family also experienced a lot of changes beyond what you probably saw in the news. Blah, blah, blah. I'm officially an empty nester. The house is a lot quieter without a bunch of teenagers hanging around. 2021 has been a big year of transformation. And then this picture is like a lady wearing a face shield and a face mask. Why I'm hopeful the end of the COVID-19 pandemic is While holding a digital device. Yeah. And doing a a Nazi salute. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) but he talks about that he basically underestimated he goes on and on oh yeah it's super long why declining trust worries me (laughs) (laughs) oh so i don't know you could try stop trying to kill everyone and lying about it all the time and see if your your trust improves One of the most exciting things that happened was the WHO approval of the first malaria vaccine. Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Because of the Delta variant and challenges with vaccine uptake, we're not as close to the end of the pandemic as I had hoped. I didn't foresee that such a highly transmissible variant would come along. And I also underestimated how tough it would be to convince people to take the vaccine and to continue to use masks. I am hopeful, though, that the end of this is finally in sight. It might be foolish to make another prediction, but I think the acute phase of the pandemic will come to a close sometime in 2022. Uh, Newsflash, the acute phase of the pandemic is over in 90% of the U.S. I don't know. Do we really want to end with Bill Gates? It's <laughs> good. 
the brain computer interface story from Wired. Uh, a couple sad stories there. Ooh, ooh, I have one. I have one. I have one. Okay. Sorry. I had, th- I had thought of something because I didn't want to end it on something weird. And then I saved this. Did I say where did I save it? Oh, this is unfortunate. Did you hear about the 40 mini earthquakes in or off the coast of Oregon? A little bit. Yeah. I, I saw where they were saying, don't worry. There's not going to be a tsunami. Calm yeah. They, they basically were just saying, don't worry. It's not the, which, which fault is that there? I don't, uh, I forget. It's like the biggest one, one of the biggest in the world. Don't worry, it's not that. It's like, oh, cool. Did, did we talk about that on the show where they, they're saying, you know, if there's a big earthquake in the wrong spot, there's tsunami that could wipe everything out that's west of I-5? Yes. We've talked, We've talked yeah, this is one of your favorite uh, things to bring up. But I came across an interesting uh, researcher, and this is a Canadian earthquake researcher. And uh, basically, this guy, <laughs> this is not necessarily uplifting, I was hoping, but it's definitely a change of pace. Um, but this is a gentleman who is basically tracking what may be the biggest earthquake or event ever. So estimated time of arrival sometime next year, most likely mid-22, very likely by this winter. He's thinking the next earthquake that's going to take place is a 10.4 biggest earthquake in recorded history by far. It's a bold call. Yeah, this red line is a map. is completely locked up and under immense pressure due to all the blocking. All this will be the extent of the rupture of this big event, shaking to be felt worldwide in very high intensity. And what he does is he live tweets all these different... uh, um, events, but just made an animation for 6.1 to 6.9 events comparing last year to the same approximate period. Absolutely kind of fascinating thread where he just, he thinks the main blockage is the whole Pacific plate and the blockage is centered right around Malaysia, north of Papua New Guinea. And that all of the uh, earthquakes and the ring of fire, which are continuing to, uh, let out little tiny earthquakes are all a sign that there is a very, very big one coming. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Just noticed something about this uh, in Oregon. Profuse earthquakes, too many with no clear reason, have happened multiple times this year. Well, because there were the there were some earthquakes up on Mount Hood because they monitor that closely. And that monitor off the coast there so hmm. yeah well that fault off the coast is like it's a big deal like it's the cascadia subduction zone anyway something to kind of keep an eye on just something yeah so what is the so i guess i'll have to look into this an interesting one yeah because yeah. Does he have a track record of accurately predicting earthquakes? Because I thought there was, you know, they're not that predictable. Um, so from what I can tell, he does have a lot of kind of predictions and whatnot. But one of the things that kind of attracted me to his website and his post is that he will. Um, <clears throat> he sources 
evidence of earthquakes from local sources, but then notes that there are very few national stories that cover the same earthquakes and says that this hmm. is kind of, it's kind of a uh, concerted effort to kind of hide the evidence that there is a big earthquake coming. Um, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but did, so he, interesting. Cause it's, I mean, the media loves to cover disasters, but I guess if they're not, you know, an earthquake that doesn't kill anyone is not a great story. So. <laughs> Good point. Um, but yeah, this. Also, we didn't even cover the the Maxwell trial. Did you see some of the photos that just came out of going on in the Maxwell trial here? Oh, what uh, what website do I go to to watch the live stream of the Maxwell trial? There is one. Are you asking seriously? Well, oh, I'm that's, asking because it, yeah. unlike the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, which every cable news channel was covering and was, you know, everything was on video, you get like a couple sketches like, look, it's Maxwell sketching the sketch artist. Ha ha ha. Well, the thing about the that is it's you can't stream federal court. That, so apparently that's part of it. So no federal trials are ever mm. streamed. <laughs> she didn't break any state laws. I don't know. Well, it is the Southern District of New York, but I believe it's a federal trial. Mm. Did you see that? Uh, isn't the prosecutor Comey's daughter? Yes. Uh, definitely related. I think daughter. Yeah, that's once I saw that, it's like, oh, well, she's also the person who lost who was in charge of the court case that lost the Epstein files or the Epstein uh, court. Uh, yeah, just a coincidence that she gets assigned this after she lost the tapes of uh, what happened in Epstein's jail cell when he hung himself. Anyway, they recently released a, a treasure trove of photos as well as a bunch of different people's names and everything else that came out during the trial. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Look at that. One of the photos is uh, Epstein and, and Maxwell on the porch of a log cabin. Somebody quicker. The queen. Somebody quicker than I am uh, went and compared this to a known published photo of the queen pretty much sitting in the same place, which, you know, it doesn't prove anything on its face, but the idea that, they weren't ever in the same room at the same time or ever, ever uh, even tangentially related to each other or had any dealings with each other tends to fall apart when you allow the personal use of your own royal cabin to said person. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Is the queen dead? What do you, I mean, we, we, we've heard about this on, uh, on so no, no agenda. agenda. Adam Curry predicted she was going to die like November 20th back in there. Sure. And then about that time period, they came out and there was a photo of the other women of the Royal family all wearing black. And someone's like, ah, oh, she's dead. And now there's like, oh no, she's not dead, but she, you probably won't see her. I don't. 
to be honest, I don't really care. Yeah. Don't we fought a war not to care about the queen of England, but (laughs) still some people care. Anyway, uh, kind of a rambly show. My apologies. I'm just trying to kind of wrap my head around my new surroundings here and get it going, but, uh, we'll get better as time goes on. I think we'll get back into our rhythm. I'll say I was, well, maybe equally rusty podcasting as I was golfing this morning, but <laughs> I'm jealous. You already made it to the course, huh? Yep. Yep. Good for you. Played golf before work. <laughs> so Very although good. I did I did overestimate um, how soon I would be able to start golfing. I show up at the golf course at seven and the guy's like, uh, yeah, you can't play till seven forty five, so because there were so many people on the course. It was uh, still quite dark. So. Ah, yeah. They, the, you, you noticing your days flying by a lot faster? No. Uh, no? Working till 7 p.m. is not not great. No, I, I understand that for sure. But I don't know if it's something to do with the time change or the, the amount of sun, but it just feels like every time I start to kind of get going on my day, the day is almost over. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. My whole circadian rhythm is thrown off. It is nice that it's light past five o'clock, though. So. Yes, no kidding. Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Sunset in uh, in uh, Seattle. Going to be about 4.30 today. Yeah. 4.15. <laughs> and you won't be able to see it because it's raining. <laughs> I mean, we got out of there just in time, and not because some sort of epic, terrible vaccine event went on or uh, COVID event, but more, uh, it started raining. Like, like not just started raining, but started flooding. Like, yeah. massive yeah. amounts of rain. So, Squeezed through eastern Washington before it was underwater. Yeah, no kidding. 41 degrees in uh, Linwood. Washington uh, sunset at four sixteen today, and just under seventy degrees here in Oklahoma City. Seventy degrees here, and sunset is at five eighteen. A whole extra hour of of uh, sunlight. It's a beautiful thing. It is. All right. Well, without any further ado, you got any any more words of wisdom for us? No. No, that's it. The, you know. Don't complain, people. You gotta, you gotta show out of us. So. <laughs> Fair enough. It might not have been a good show, but it was a show. It was a show, nonetheless. Well, thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you again for the donations, and we will certainly get back onto uh, our regularly scheduled programming and come back to you sometime in the next week or so, uh, as we kind of get ready for the holidays and get into our new digs and our new situation. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say. We're